0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. And now the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts. May it be always pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, friends, this is a very unique Sunday in the church year. We... Just had Ascension Day on Thursday, and we have Pentecost next week. So what do we do? Jesus has been exalted into heaven, but we still don't have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit yet. That noted, if you would, turn to page two in your bulletin. We're going to take a look at both the Revelation reading and the collect. Um, This collect is perfect for this day. And I say that because if you think about the church year, the liturgical calendar, we begin in Advent, which is usually at the beginning of December, around then. And there is, this is generally speaking, about half of the year is following the life of Christ. Right, in Advent we're anticipating the birth of Christ, Christmas we have Christ's birth, then we have all of Christ's works to his death, Resurrection, we just celebrated his ascension. And then next Sunday, we celebrate the outpouring of the Spirit. That makes up about half of the year. So half of the liturgical year is looking at the life of Jesus. The second half of the church year is the the age of the Spirit. It's the age of the church. It's where we find ourselves most involved in. If the first half of the church year recapitulates the life of Jesus, the second half is the life of the Spirit. And right now, today, we have this tipping point. We have this bridge from the age of the life of Jesus to the age of the Spirit. And as we said a second ago in this collect, we acknowledge that Jesus is exalted. He's exalted with great triumph. So it's not just that Jesus is absent, but Jesus is victorious. Jesus rules all things in heaven and on earth. And by the power of the Spirit, Jesus is made present to us, even though we don't see him bodily. But let's stay in this Sunday, in this in-between time between Ascension Day and Pentecost for a little while. In this prayer, we ask, our, our big ask is that God would not leave us comfortless. Do not leave us comfortless. I don't know about you, but I resonate with that quite a bit. A whole lot of my life is comfortless. I feel alone. I feel abandoned. I feel like the cares of this world are so strong. Just look at what happened earlier this week. Twenty-one brutally murdered. We live in a present evil age. It is comfortless. But we are asking in this prayer, do not leave us comfortless. Do not abandon us. What we're drawing upon on this, in this collect is in the Gospel of John. In John 14, Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will ask of the Father, and he will give you another comforter to help you and to be with you forever. What do you think about when you think about comfort? For me, it really is the, the comfort of the gospel. We see this in the Revelation to St. John and this reading that was just read. At the very end of it, we, it, it reads, And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life get it without price. This is the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that you've done nothing to earn it and that it is coming towards you. That our standing before God, that we are good with God despite contributing to this present evil age, despite our selfishness, despite whatever junk it is we have. The best news in the world that we so often grow numb to is that you and I are safe. You and I are beloved of God, despite, oftentimes, what we put out into the world. So this is the great comfort for me. Maybe for you, it's you know the, the love of a, a significant other. Maybe for you, it's someone who's a rock in your life. Maybe for you, it's just like rolling up on a chair, in a comfy chair and having your coffee. I don't know. What comfort is for you. But this this collect is, we are asking, Jesus has been exalted, the Holy Spirit has not been yet been poured out, and we're asking, do not leave us comfortless. Send us your Holy Spirit. Now, this collect and the message of Christianity is not merely about comfort, or at least not merely about comfort as a warm blanket. As much as I love warm blankets, as much as I love my psychoanalyst, who I mean, oftentimes he's not a warm blanket, but it gets me to a place where I can have a little bit more of a sense of security, a bit more of a sense of comfort. What this college is referring to, this passage in John that it's referencing, there was this, this great archbishop in the Church of England during World War II. So World War II, the world is falling apart. There's a huge crisis. William Temple is this archbishop who's also super learned. He writes this commentary on the Gospel of John that people still read, that scholars still reference here today. And what he says about this passage in John, I think, is very helpful for those of us who recognize the comfort of the gospel is more than just a warm blanket. It's not less than that. In fact, if you were in the nave last week, you heard me talk about the comfort that came from when I came to that church with heartbreak and I was seized by the gospel, by this new affection. I love the gospel as a warm blanket and it will forever be that. But it's not just that. We see that in this colic, which we're going to get over in a second, and we also see this in John. William Temple makes clear that that word translated comfort. The word in Greek is paraclete, which can be translated advocate, comforter, a counselor. This word paraclete lacks an English equivalent. Those words are great words. They're great definitions, but it's not, it's not doesn't holistically define the word. And he writes this. He writes, the suggestion of the word paraclete is one that makes us brave and strong by being brave and strong beside us. To strengthen is the best way to console, for it brings a bracing consolation and not a relaxing sympathy. Did you hear that? Paraclete is one that makes us brave and strong by being brave and strong beside us. This is not merely a relaxing sympathy. It is a bracing consolation. What we're saying in this colic, what we're praying for is for the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, to be a comforter for sure in the midst of Jesus' perceived absence. But also we're praying for the Spirit to be brave and strong alongside us so that we might be brave and strong as we make our way again in this present evil age. Just think about it. You've probably had moments like this in your life, right? You're you're in a harrowing situation. You're with a friend, and that friend, for whatever reason, is poised and brave, and you draw bravery and poise from your friend. This is what we're praying for. This is the promise that Jesus is making about the Spirit. Now, again... Don't get me wrong, I'm the king of relaxation. I'm the king of, if I don't get the balm of Gilead, if I get too much law, I do the opposite, because I freak out, because I think that love is conditional. God's love is not conditional upon us being brave or poised. But the comfort, the counsel that the Holy Spirit brings is more than relaxation. It's more than a warm blanket. Sure, I want sympathy when I'm in hard times. Sure, I wanna relax when I've had an 80 hour work week, which thank God here in Birmingham, Alabama, doesn't happen very often. But ultimately, what I want is more than that warm blanket. I want this bracing consolation. Again, this is what the prayer gets at. Do not leave us comfortless without an advocate, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and to exalt us to that place where our Savior Christ has gone before. This idea that the Spirit not only comforts me when I'm down, but strengthens me by being alongside me every step of the way is something I need in this long life. I've said it a whole bunch of times, but life is not just short, but it's also long. Since that day when I had the, the balm of Gilead poured in me, and I thought, for sure, from here on out, I'm just going to be sold out for the gospel because I know I'm loved regardless. At times, that feeling has worn off. It's worn out. And I need this constant pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon me so that I don't get lost lazy, for lack of a better word, so that I don't submit to despair, so that I'm not just like, eh, whatever. Maybe that was important for me 15 years ago, but it's not so much anymore. I want the spirit to be with me, beside me, to make me brave and poised. So I'm going to give you an example, and then I'm going to wrap this up. Many of you have examples, of someone like this in your life, someone beside you, someone who was brave and strong when you were anything but. This is a while ago, I was new in ministry and I was at a church where there was someone on staff who was trying to break the church in two, was trying to essentially leave and bring a whole lot of people with him, which actually doesn't sound all that different from your experience not that long ago. But this person on staff tries to split everything apart and it's painful and it's difficult and I personally felt under attack. I was worried, I was having panic attacks for the first time in my life. There was an emotional crisis happening. But the rector, the the head priest who had no reason at all to believe that it would all turn out right, he had this steadiness. And I remember during a particularly intense staff meeting, he had, he commanded the room because he was calm, because he had poise, there was strength there. And I remember thinking by the end of that meeting, okay, well, I don't feel the way you feel. In fact, I think you (laughs) might be a little bit naive about the situation, but he felt it so strongly that I just thought to myself, well, maybe I can feel that way. Maybe I can fake it till I make it too. It was kind of an imputation. It gave me something that I did not have. It named a possibility for me that even though it didn't seem possible in the moment, the fact that he had it made me actually kind of go there. This is the kind of comfort This is the paraclete we're talking about, who is brave, strong, poised beside us, and that births bravery and poise in us. It's not merely comforting us and leaving us there. It's comforting us and making us brave to face the day, to face this present evil age, to walk out these doors and to bear witness, to be brave. And not hide under a rock, to be poised and not withdraw from this world. I think this idea, this truth, this reality of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, it's not just something that works in the theological world, it's something that works in everyday life. It's worked for you. I don't know who your mentor has been, I don't know who the person you've looked up to, who has made you strong in being strong. But regardless of who your mentor is, and a lot of my mentors, they were mentors for a little while and then they let me down later on. It's probably my own fault, but it's like I wanted them to be perfect. And then they'd show up to not be perfect. The Holy Spirit is the advocate, the comforter, who is brave and poised behind us and who will never let us down. So as we look forward in this day between ascension and Pentecost. Well, the prayer that we pray here is going to be answered next Sunday. We're asking Him, don't leave us comfortless. Send your Spirit. And by sending your Spirit, you'll exalt us to this place where you've gone before. You'll make us brave, you'll make us holy. This is the good news of the Holy Spirit. Again, in this life that can be so darn long. this truth that Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, is not absent from us, but present with us and empowering us every step of the way. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.